Two girls talking. You know what that means. It's time to talk. What's going on in the world? How about your business? How about your life? Let's talk it out. Two girls talking. Hey, everybody, it's Anna. And it's Ashley, and we are so happy that you're joining us today. Hopefully, you are safe at home and uh, getting ready to listen to our amazing guest, Michelle L. Sullivan. She's author of the brand new book, Looking Up How a Different Perspective Turns Obstacles into Advantages. And Michelle has an incredible incredible story. She was born with a rare form of dwarfism. She rose through the ranks to become one of the first, the first female president of the Caterpillar Foundation. She's impacted millions of people, and she has spent her years encouraging others to embrace the opportunity to see life from a different point. Michelle, thank you so much for joining us today on Two Girls Talking. Thank you so much. It's quite a privilege to be here with you. Let's dive in. Um, for our audience that may not know about you or your story, your book, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and what inspired you to write your book, Looking Up? So I was born with a rare type of dwarfism, so I stand about four feet tall. And I was born uh, in the middle 60s. And back then, you didn't see really any other little people or, or really any disabled people around. And I didn't know I was little until I went to kindergarten and the kids asked me, you know, why are you so little? I had no idea because my parents <laughs> just treated yeah. me like everybody else. And, uh, you know, education was always stressed to me because I, you know, knew that I wasn't going to be able to have a physical job. And so I was, you know, given a great education and being born in the U.S., you know, a great country that gave me tremendous opportunities. And I rose, as you said, you know, after 23 years at Caterpillar, I took over the presidency of the Caterpillar Foundation, which is the philanthropic arm of the company. And after seven years of that, I retired from Caterpillar last year after 30 years to write the book. And the book Looking Up is really about, it certainly relates to my size because obviously I physically look up to almost everybody sure, <laughs> being four feet tall. Yeah. It taught me the best, it really taught me the best relational posture any person can have, which is looking up to everyone. We all have value, and we should respect and appreciate that. And so the book is about people who have looked up to me all my life, people who I look up to my whole life. And, for instance, you know, in the foundation, we worked on poverty. So I've met people all around the world some parts of the world with the deepest poverty. And, you know, the people, just like most people, have the same, we all have the same aspirations and dreams for ourselves and our family as we all have. And so they have no idea how much I look up to them. And we may have been there, you know, visiting their school and maybe had a dirt floor or we were in a classroom under a tree and here these kids are, are so happy and, you know, they taught me so much as everybody does. And it's just, the book is not just about my journey, but about other people's journey and how your perspective and looking up to others really can change your life and change the lives of others. That, that's really interesting, Michelle. I, I wonder, because, you know, you've had to look at life at a different, from a different vantage point, different perspective. Mm -hmm. And 
in this time, you know, all of us, we're social. I mean, even in the, even in the word social distancing, it's social. And so many of us are, are missing that, um, that, that social, you know, we're, we're feeling isolated, but how yes. do you yeah. in this situation look, how do you look at this situation? Um, and how do we, how do we combat negative feelings from the, from what we, so social distancing, isolation, um, how, how, what's your perspective on it? And how is what you have gone through? How could that help others? Sure. You know, it's definitely impacting me as well. I'm a very social person. I, I have the gift of gab, as my parents always told me. Yeah. And so this isolation is very tough. I miss hugging everybody, you know, our family, you know, hug, hugging type of people, and we can't even hug each other. And, you know, at the end of the day, though, you know, I keep thinking about the song, We Are the World, which came out decades ago. Yeah. But it's so relevant today because it talks about, you know, we are one. And we have to do this for not only ourselves, but for each other. And so to me, there's no question that we have to do this. And so, you know, as a child, you remember your parents telling you, you have to find something about it you like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And um, usually it was eating your vegetables, right? So, <laughs> yes. If you think that, yeah, if you think about it, look at all the good things that are happening to us. You know, we're spending more time than we probably ever have with our families. Now, sometimes it can be testing our patients, which I'm sure is happening. But when you think about it, you're getting out the old board games from the closet, dusting them off, playing Monopoly and all those other games. You're actually reading together, you're eating together, which rarely happens today. And also we're checking in on people who might need our help. And we're also reaching out ourselves because asking for help is a strength, not a weakness. And we all are struggling with this. So don't be afraid to ask for help and don't be afraid to ask people if they're okay. So I think a lot of positives are happening. And when you look around, look how people are helping each other. You see it all the time on the news. And when you walk around, if you get to walk out, if the weather's good, and you see neighbors helping each other, delivering food or mowing the yard. I mean, when else do we get to see all this good that's happening? And we are lucky people because, you know, we have to be safe so that the next person doesn't get sick and die. This is truly life or death. And all we're being asked to do is to stay at home. And that's our option. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of good happening where how many closets are getting cleaned out? <laughs> I mean, true. Oh my God. God. The house, yeah, the house. We have four hours every day. My, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And my friend put on Facebook, all my friends are, uh, who who has found the oldest thing in their cupboards? And right now, somebody has something back to 1995, a can of something. And yeah. <laughs> it's funny because you know, I never they go, I never looked back in the cupboard that deep before until I cleaned it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny how you know we're finding humor in things that we normally wouldn't do, and then the good that's going on is amazing to me. And thank God for the gratitude. How many people are so appreciative of the teachers today? You, oh you both have children. Gosh. Did that you ever think you would, I mean, 
yeah, I mean, triple their pay wouldn't even be enough, would it? It would no. not. It, it would not. not. Yeah. And, yep. then, and then the so nurses. True. Yeah, and the doctors and everybody on the front line, the people who are making minimum wage at the grocery stores are putting their life on the line for us. And yes. I thank them all the I thank you so much because, and the truck driver, I mean, look at all the people and we're told to stay at home. Well, Michelle, it's like your perspective is so, uh, I think it's just all about changing our perspective because like all the texts, a lot, get a lot of texts from friends that are scared and fearful. And I got a text the other day from friends who sent me an article about like, oh, schools might be closed through the, you know, through fall, through next year. And, and I wanted, and I said, like, let's just take it one day at a time because that's all we can yep. do. But if you do change your perspective, like what you're saying here, there are a lot of good things happening. Like I was telling my husband yesterday, I was like, you know what, like this lifestyle that we've kind of become accustomed to this past month, I kind of yes. like, I'm finding that I'm less Exactly. You're going to struggle. People are going to struggle going back to the office and back to normal because they're going to say, why am I working so hard? I like. Yeah. People are going to struggle with having to wake up at 6 a.m. to get somewhere by 8. That's what they're going to struggle with. Yeah. Because we're all so used to, not me because I've been working weird hours, but we've all been so used to, including my husband, you know, waking up at 7.30. He used to wake up at 4.55 to go to the gym. And now it's yep. like 7.30. I'm like, oh, my God, are you still alive? What's happening? <laughs> I know. You know what? And, and my, I don't have to do my hair and my makeup. And, and also think about, you know, as we all work to get the almighty dollar, this is really showing us, you know, I like wearing sweats all the time. And I don't, I don't material things don't mean that mean anything. Yeah, it's, it's, it's what it's really, we have with each other, and money can't buy that. You know what? It's it's really really interesting. Um, I feel, and tell me what you ladies think. But we've been. This is the start. This is the end of what our third week, our fourth week in isolation. Or, you know, we here in Virginia in the DMV area, we just got the shelter in place like two weeks ago. But we were all we were oh. still social distancing before that. But it was just the, you know, don't get out of your house, I think, in two weeks is what it was. But, or two weeks ago. In the beginning, I had so much anxiety for a lot of reasons. I had so much anxiety. Yeah. And I feel now not, not as stressed. Nothing has really changed, but I don't feel as stressed. Well, we've been locked down for, I think we're in our fourth fourth or fifth week. We've been locked down, I think, four weeks now. Something. It seems like forever. How have things changed for you from that first week to now? Yeah. What have you yeah. known is, is the difference? So, in my, in, in personally? Yes. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, we, I think, this, I think we're in our fourth week, but, um, so, you know, there was anxiety at the beginning, and we're still all fearful because, you know, you don't want anything to happen. And it has hit home for us. A friend of mine's husband passed away with the virus um, oh, in Central the Illinois. Oh. Yeah, thank you. Uh, that was in Nashville. We don't, while Illinois has a lot of people who have it, it's mostly in Chicago. In Central Illinois, we're more of a rural area. 
but nonetheless, it's still, we have some cases. So now that I'm getting more used to it, like all of our stuff is done on phone or, you know, over WebEx or Zoom or something, what I've noticed is it doesn't take me as long to get ready in the morning because I just get up and plug everything in. <laughs> yeah. And I, 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 like, I like that, to be honest. And I like that I can go out and see everybody else walking during the day, even though they're working from home. People are really uh, taking the time to take a break, and they're eating, you know, lunch with the family and the children. And I have a, a much more sense of peace for myself. But I've also had to work at it because I can't, I can't just keep going with the anxiety that it was at the beginning. And at the beginning, of course, the stores were on manhouse, right? And oh, that, that really fueled yeah. that anxiety, definitely. But now we're finding out we all don't need all the toilet paper that we thought we needed. <laughs> yeah. And and I think we'll be a little bit more respectful at the stores because we're all not in a panic. So we well, do yeah. have, it's our perspective. It goes back to perspective. People take a breath. We're all in the same boat, so to speak. No pun intended. We all are at home. Yeah. But there could be worse things. Um, and we have to give the scientists time to develop what they need so that they can treat the people and then also help us not get it. But the biggest thing is we control a lot of our destiny ourselves. We have it in our hands by our behavior. So I took that and I'm doing my part. And I'm also helping give at the food pantries and other things because I haven't lost my job. Other people have lost their job that live paycheck to paycheck. And that is a very serious crisis on top of feeling about the virus. Think about they have a lot more to worry about than I do. And how can I help them? And that's what I think about during the day now. I don't worry about myself. I worry about how can I do my part to help others, both by staying home, number one, physically, but number two, uh, how do I help those who, you know, need money, food, shelter, et cetera? I think that's so, I mean, it's so inspiring, Michelle. And I also wonder for our listeners, you know, like it sounds like this is a tip that you could offer, you know, to maintain that sense of community while we're so isolated. And instead of like mm -hmm. thinking about yourself, you're thinking about yep. others. I'm curious what other exactly. advice that you that you can give for our listeners right now is everyone's stuck at home. There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of uncertainty. We're all isolated. Right. So in addition to thinking of how we can help others, what else would you say to folks out there? Yeah, we all have certain things that make us feel good. So for me, uh, listening to music and watching funny shows, a lot of them like on TV land or shows I grew up with, <laughs> which yeah. that helps me a lot. Also, for me, this goes back to when I was 13 and I had several orthopedic surgeries, which I've had throughout my life, and I was in a body cast from my chest down. So I couldn't sit up. I couldn't move my leg. I couldn't do anything but lay flat for three months in the summer. And so when people come visit me, they feel like they'd have to bring me a gift. So the teenage girl, everybody, coincidentally, would bring me perfume. And I really enjoyed it. I loved it. And so all my life, every day, even when I'm at home, and I did this even before the shelter-in-place order, I 
always put perfume on every day and sometimes several times a day because it makes my, uh, it just lifts me up that it smells good and it makes me feel good. So think about what is it for you? Is it chocolate? <laughs> right. Is it music? Yeah. Yep. Is it yoga? Is it taking the dog for a walk? What is it that makes you, only you, feel good? And then the other pieces, I always think I'm the most blessed person in so many ways. It always makes me feel good, and I always have done it and worked in the nonprofit space. But doing something for someone else, calling them or checking on them or donating to a food bank. In other words, think of someone else and what is your passion? And you should definitely go do your passion as, as best you can do from, you know, sheltering in place. Mm-hmm. So what makes you feel good for me is perfume, music, funny shows, calling a friend, uh, other, and find out what that is for you. But remember, there's a light at the end of this. We, we are going to be better at the end right. of this. Yes. And we, you are going to have better relationships. That. This mm-hmm. is slowing us down. I think I believe in faith. For those who are of faith, I believe and always have believed things happen for a reason. And I sometimes I don't understand them, and I never will. But I figure it happens for a reason. And this has stopped everybody in their tracks. And we're supposed to, in my belief, take note of this and slow down and reset our reality because when we come out of this, first of all, it's not going to come with the flip of a switch, I don't think. I think this is going to be slow, and there I, may I be steps back. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I, I do. do. And we have to be yeah. patient. And I also think that we are, you have to think about going back to the rat race, and is that where you want to go? Or has this given you a balance that you like? And how can you maintain that once you start to go back to our new normal? Because I think our normal is out the window, a lot of it. And we're going to have a new normal. And I don't think we know what that is yet. I I have to agree. I I really agree with you, Michelle. And, you know, one of the things that I have really, like, focused in on is how the earth is – is, is, is kind of fixing itself. You know, you see those yeah. pictures of like the Himalayas and, you know, you're, yeah. the tops are able to be seen for the first time in like 30 plus years. And, I know. And so it's just, it, and look at, look at Los Angeles. Um, look at the oceans. Look at um, uh, the, the, the canals in, in Venice. Um, it's 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 really 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 kind of eerie to me and a little um, I don't know biblical that uh, the earth is kind of healing itself. Um, yeah, I, I told Ashley the other day. I I said I I think this is, you know, mother Na- mother nature, God, yep. uh, the fates, whatever whatever deity, everything, uh, whatever you believe in, exactly. Uh, yep. saying, saying to us, you know. You know, you, you humans, you got a little uppity and we needed to tell you who exactly is in charge. Um, but by the same token, I, and I, and I totally agree. And I, I, there's a lot of wonderful things that's come out. I really would love to be able to have uh, 
some of these people who are, who are going through such a hard time right now, who are having such a, what can they take out of this? What can you do to help them change their type of perspective? Because there's a lot of hurt out there right now, too, yeah. with people who For are a lot of jobs. And you're right, we have to change our perspective. But that's easier said than done. So what can you do to help to tell people how to change their perspective? How can they get a better mentality about this? For me, it starts first with others. You know, you have a kitchen table or a village of people around you. And I write about that in my book because when something happens, really good or really bad, we all have a few people, and it changes throughout your life. We have a few people that you go to first. And you say, hey, this is happening, or I got diagnosed with this, or I'm struggling with this. And you just talk to a couple people until you get your head around it. So for me, reaching out is a huge first step. And there's another chapter called Making the First Move. You have to make the first move to reach out or to reach out to read something, whether it's uh, something that can help you. There's a lot of self-help articles and books out there. Um, or looking up, like my book just talks about, to Ashley's point, what can I do to turn my perspective just a little so that it's, um, I'm not only looking at the negative, there are positives in the world. So when you think about reaching out, can you reach out to something in print or some person? Or can you watch something on TV that uplifts you? And another piece is, you know, getting outside while we are supposed to shelter in place. I go out and sit outside also, especially obviously in a, in a sunny day. Thank sure. God this is happening in the spring and not the dead of winter for those of us that live where it snows all the time. Yes. <laughs> don't don't no, be afraid yeah. to reach out. You have to reach out. And, but it's also the rest of us, all of us, really, you also have to check in on people. Some people yes. will not reach out. So important. And you right? have to go to them. You have to go to them. So don't leave someone alone who you know isn't going to reach out to you. Yeah, and it's like we were saying earlier, like, check in with people, help people, like, don't forget about, like, we, and it's funny, it's like, some, they say that even, you know, the people that you assume are, like, the strongest are probably not okay. I, I saw, like, a funny meme that said, like, go check on your extrovert friends, they're not okay right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, right. it's true, right? I mean, Ashley is incredibly extrovert, and I, you know, I am too, I almost just kind of want to get in my car and drive around because, I just don't want to be here. Whereas my daughter is content to hang out. It's harder for my son, yeah. who's a little bit, who's older, and he's also a bit more of a social butterfly than she is. Yeah, but it's, it's, yeah. It's I'm, I'm just being at home is I struggle with it because I'm very much an extrovert. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, but I, what we're also doing, I have to tell you, my family and friends, we're also already planning <laughs> what restaurants and what we're going to do. When we get out of this, uh, yeah. and you have to look to the future. I always look to the future in good times and in bad because it gives me hope. And, you know, at the end of the day, all of this that we're talking about in our perspective and looking up is about hope. 
And you have to maintain your hope because that's what gets you through life. And when you are struggling with this, think about that we're not in the hospital. Uh, you know, if you if you haven't lost your job, you know, things, that's a good thing because, you know, you have a paycheck coming in. And also think about how can I help someone else? Because that always lifts people up as well, as I talked about earlier. But don't lose hope. You have to maintain hope. And I even have a, a sticker that I have that has the word hope on it. Because at the end of the day, that's what all of this, everything we've talked about is maintaining our hope and our confidence. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. That's so true. And such a great reminder for all of us and everyone listening. Mm -hmm. Keep the hope, keep the faith, but also yeah. go check in on your friends and loved ones that you haven't heard from to make sure they're doing right. okay too. So Michelle, um, where can our audience find more information about you and your book? Uh, you can go to listenup.com. And I'll tell you a little secret that my mom and I, we live in a duplex, and my sister will come over once in a while. We stay apart from each other. But um, so one day last week, we had to get in the car. It was it was just driving us nuts. So, so we go to the Dairy Queen. <laughs> so we put the dog in the car, we drive to the Dairy Queen, and then we eat it in the parking lot. And then we drove by a friend's house and sat in the driveway and called them, and they came to the front window and turned the couch around and sat down. Even though we talked on the phone, we at least could see each other. <laughs> exactly, and, exactly. You know, it felt so good. I, I, you know what it is? It's, I don't know. It's, 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 it's just, um, like, I never could have made it back in the 1800s, okay? Because being five miles away from somebody, <laughs> I never would have, I, I, just, I never would have been able to do it. I just, I just couldn't. Mm -hmm. um, but <laughs> I, I, mean, I just want to hear somebody else's point of view, even if it's not mine. And I want to, mm -hmm. I don't know, I want to hear somebody else say something really silly. You know, that's yeah. it's just, it's just like another human being in the world. I mean, thank yep. God I don't have to repopulate the population because I don't know that I could do it. I would be like, oh my God, yeah. I'm here by myself. I'm dying. Now, obviously your faith, I don't want to undermine that. Your faith, is heavy in times like this as it is with me and you know i i am reminded you know they say that god doesn't give us more than we can handle but to your point in the 1800s i would have lost my mind <laughs> yeah <laughs> yep. what is happening totally. yeah and i mean think how we're going to cook on the grill because we're all at home i mean when else are we going to sit at home for months because we have to and not number one feel guilty about it but really sit and talk to each other and, and do things that we've been waiting to do. It's, it's so, so true. true. It's, I, we have so much more time and space now, and I'm grateful for that. And that's the, and, and you talk a lot about gratitude, Michelle, and we were talking about this the other yes. day. There's mm -hmm. right now, like, what I would encourage everyone in our audience to do is just think about three things you're grateful for today. And it could be yes. your health, your, I mean, anything, but just start there and I think that's where that like just by being grateful, it changes your perspective, and that's what you teach us. Um, and so just yep. by taking that little step to just shift your mindset, exactly. change your perspective, everything will look a little bit better and a little bit yep. brighter too. 
Yes. And you know, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. When I wake up in the morning, every morning, I, I've always done this. I, I thank God for, first of all, for waking up, <laughs> but for everything that I'm blessed with. And when I go to bed at night, I, I do the same thing that what a lovely day, you know, all my family and friends are still with us that, you know, we did a lot of great things today and I'm so grateful. And I do that seriously when I wake up and when I go to sleep and it changes how you think. And I think going to sleep in a positive way helps as well. Cause I think about that. I mean, I've done it for years. Such great advice, Michelle. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. This has been fun. I could do this all day long. I feel like your message right now, Michelle, is so needed, and we're just so grateful for you. And if you all haven't checked out her book, I highly recommend reading it, reading it right now. It will change your perspective of your your situation. It's called Looking Up. So, Michelle Sullivan, thank you so much for joining us today. We are grateful for you. And for everyone out there listening, thank you. We hope you continue to stay safe, be well, and we will be back in two weeks.